Good morning. Is it on? And how about the lights back here? You want to turn those down? So, Derek made a comment to me last week. I think it was last Sunday. I started thinking about that, and then I found a verse that went with what he was talking about. Thus says the Lord, who stretches out the heavens, lays the foundation of the earth, and forms the spirit of man within him. That covers a broad spectrum when you think about it. And by the way, we learned last week that life is more than just putting the biochemicals together. So here's the word, the Hebrew word, don't ask me to pronounce it, the word spirit of man or the breath of man. It doesn't matter whether you use a telescope and look out into the universe and are awed by the galaxies upon galaxies upon galaxies and realize how small we are. Or if you look where we live, now I'm not saying that any of you live by this mountain, but on this level, the earth, what is the name of that? That's the Matterhorn. Lays the foundation of the earth. Or look at a tiny, tiny, tiny cell of which we have 30 to 40 billion of them in our body all doing things like this. And we realize life is more than just putting the biochemicals together. By the way, somebody asked me a question last week and I think I interpreted in there. They, they thought this was like a video of the cell. This is not a video of the cell. This is an animation of what we think happens in the cell based upon chemical analysis of the cell. You do understand that, I hope. Is this the way it looks? I don't know. Is it complicated? Yes. <laughs> is it beyond our understanding? Yes. So whether you look, this was an animation, whether you look on the macro level or the micro, micro, micro level or the human level, God is, God's ways are far above ours. His thoughts are far above our thoughts. Then Earl asked this question. If scientists at Darwin's time had electron microscopes and was able to see these, would he have said, ah, forget it? My response was, Darwin was studying for the ministry. His daughter of 10 years old, I think I told him too, I looked it up, 10 years old, became very ill and eventually died. It was the love of his life. And he kind of turned his back on God and was looking for an answer other than God. So I said, no, probably wouldn't have changed anything. But then I thought further about that. I thought, there are scientists far more brilliant than Darwin. An objective scientist would say Darwin was just an average scientist. There are, there are men and women far above his intellect who know the things that, that I've talked about 
and yet they believe it happened by chance over millions of years. So I would say no. Then Kelly Granberry asked this question. If one of the vaccines is built around mRNA, and now you know what mRNA is, or some of you do, what's this a picture of? This is the nucleus, and the messenger RNA is coming out of the nucleus. It's going to be sent to the ribosome, and the ribosome is going to make proteins. If these vaccines have mRNA in it, can you be certain that they're not going to enter the nucleus, or for that matter, build proteins that are totally against what we want to have happen in our lives. What does the M stand for? Messenger. So that's the mRNA leaving the nucleus. My comments should not be construed as medical advice. I am not a doctor. I did sleep at a Holiday Inn Express last night, but I'm not a doctor. And, and my comments are not meant to divide, to put one against another, which in the last several years we've been doing a pretty good job of. I posted this on my Facebook and Twitter accounts. Side note, I don't spend much time there. I go to Facebook, see whose birthday it is, see which students that I had 40 years ago, what's going on in their lives. That's really a neat way to connect say happy birthday to them, and then leave. But I posted this. If you don't mind, I'll wait until the 400 million person lab experiment is over before I get vaccinated. I know some of you have. You went with the best information you had. You might have talked to the doctors. They tell us it's best for the aged. I don't fall in that category. (laughs) I need to change that 400 million person experiment to probably... Billions have had the vaccine. I'm not against you if you had the vaccine. More power to you. I'm glad you survived. Then this came up. What is the most important part of the cell? What would you say? Is it the cell wall? Is it the nucleus? The chromosomes? The ribosomes? You know, we could ask that question of this. What is the most important part of the mousetrap? Is it the spring? Is it the bait? Is it the platform? You do understand. If any of those are missing, this doesn't work, right? That's a fancy name that Michael Bay, he said, was called, and somebody mentioned it. What is that? Irreducible complexity. It all has to be there at the same time, right? If the ear says, because I am not an eye, I'm not part of the body, what's the most important part of the church? You. Regardless of what you do, you are the most important part. So, session 25, I've taught you 25 times. Can you believe that? That's 25 opportunities to get more rest on Sunday morning. 
If you met someone who knew nothing about the Jews, how would you describe the Lord's relation to them? To them? In a couple sentences, I don't want you to hold up your Bible and say, here. <laughs> In a couple sentences, what would you say? The nation of Israel, the Jews, what's the Lord's relationship to them? I know, we're playing. Guess what the teacher is thinking? <laughs> it happens a lot. God needed a nation to be able to send his son to the earth for the plan of salvation. Agreed? There it is in a nutshell. It's interesting. You could study this, and I found this video on YouTube. Ten remarkable ancient civilizations that mysteriously disappeared. Is the nation Israel there? No. Here's civilizations that have disappeared. The Aksumite, have you even heard of them? The Mycenaeans, the Chimer Empire, the Clovis culture, the Minoans. Stones, meet the Flintstones, they're the modern Stonex family. How does his mind work? I don't get it. So today, and I haven't revealed it yet, some of you know, None of these diseases. None, and I meant to bring the book. Gloria, it's right beside the bed, isn't it? And you're reading it. Here's the, here it is. Right here's this cover of it. None of these diseases. How many have read the book? How many know about it? Well, you do now. Exodus twenty four twenty six. And said. If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and wilt do which is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. Here it is right there. None of these diseases. You would do well to read that book. Believe me. Lori says, did you read that chapter? I said, yeah. She says, we need to send this to our family. And I go, yeah, will they read it? I don't know. Let's take a look at what the Egyptians said. The most advanced civilization at that time. The Ebers Papyra, a medical book from 1500 BC, gives us a picture of medicine in ancient Egypt. Here's that book. Are you ready to translate it? <laughs> Do you need some kind of a code to help you? Probably. Of course, they used hieroglyphics. So maybe if we got that secret decoder book from eBay, or maybe we could just get, you know, send in 14 box tops to someplace. Or maybe we could do what one of my little heroes did. Okay. <laughs> Believe me. 90 seconds later, I'm in the only room in the house where a boy of nine could sit in privacy and decode. <laughs> Aha, B. <laughs> I went to the next. E. The first word is B. 
Yes, it was coming easier now. You. <laughs> come on, come on, Ralph. May I go? I'll be right down, Bob. Jim was terrible. What was it? The fate of the planet may hang in the balance. I think that's going to be the secret to decoding the... Sonny commercial? <laughs> it's an annual tradition for, for Laurie and I to watch a Christmas story and laugh knowing every line that's coming next. Egypt was the most advanced civilization at that time. The papyrus lists hundreds of prescriptions with a dazzling array of ingredients. By the way, you can get all these on eBay check or Amazon statue dust beetle shells mouse tails pig eyes dog toes cat hair eel eyes goose guts breast milk the most advanced now lest you think they're a bunch of dum-dums how were the pyramids built. There are some historians that say civilizations from other planets came and helped them build them. So the cure for baldness, I think you'll be interested. To cure baldness, doctors applied a mixture of six fats, and they were from the horse, the hippopotamus, the crocodile, the cat, the snake, and the wild goat. All the gr grease grew f few hairs, but at least it shined that hairless dome. A couple weeks ago, in the evening service, Pastor talked about optimism and pessimism, and I think he said he was an optimist. Did he say that? Some of you weren't here. I heard him say that. You can go back and check the records. I applied for the Lafayette Optimist Club, but I don't think I'll get in. <laughs> Thank you. So here's an optimist. Optimism. It's when you think, who can possibly tell the difference? <laughs> here we are looking at one of these manuscripts, and this guy goes, I forgot to read the papyrus. Egyptian medicine for embedded splinters suggests that you've gotten a splinter before. They applied a salve of worm blood, donkey dung. Since dung is loaded with tetanus spores, a simple splinter often resulted in a gruesome death from lockjaw. <laughs> but you got the splinter out. Until the late 1800s, most doctors thought pus promoted healing. Thus, doctors infected wounds to get them to produce pus in the 1800s. They agreed with Eber's papyrus. It is good for a wound to rot a little. Therefore, put something in the wound that will make it produce pus. Now, Moses was raised in the royal court. And he was ed educated in all the wisdom of Egypt. 
Acts 7.22. There seems to be no doubt that he knew and used Egyptian remedies. However, despite this and the natural tendency to include the information that you've gotten from higher education, the Bible contains none of this nonsense. Is that amazing? Moses recorded hundreds of health regulations, but not a single current medical misconception from the Egyptian culture. How many millions of of deaths could have been prevented if doctors had used the biblical rules? We'll never know that. If you heed my word, none of these diseases. As soon as you know what this disease is, tell me. This is from the book, S.I. McMillan, a medical doctor who recorded a lot of what he did in his medical practice in this book. None of these diseases. By the way, that book was written back in the 70s. It's been updated in 1998. I'm going to recommend that you get that book, get the revised, the updated version, which was written by his grandson, also a medical doctor. Five years earlier, the disease had started as a white patch on his arm. You know what it is? Yes. Over the years, it had deformed and paralyzed his hands. His fingers and toes had rotted away, leaving ulcer-covered stumps. The disease had left him blind. Leprosy. Leprosy casts the greatest blight that threw its shadow over the daily life of all medical humanity all medieval humanity. Fear of all other diseases taken together can hardly be compared to the terror of the spread of leprosy. Not even the Black Death produced a similar state of fright. What did doctors think caused leprosy? Some thought it was produced by eating spicy food, no more Mexican, spoiled fish, or diseased pork. Others said it was caused by the conjunction of the planets. By the way, side note, I just saw this this morning as I was exercising. The next five days are excellent for looking at the conjunction of the planets if you look west right at sundown. sundown. Five planets and the moon kind of line up. It's supposed to be beautiful. What's that? Kind of lined up, yes. Everything is in the same elliptical as you look at the sky. There's n- Mars isn't here and Jupiter over there. They're all in that same path, which the sun and the moon also. The sun and the moon don't take that path. Rather, the earth rotates, right? That's saying it scientifically. So this is a picture I've shown you earlier. This is a rare photo of planetary alignment. You remember that. It's not going to be exactly in this order, but it's going to be something like that, in the same elliptical. Warning. I know that there's some young people in here. I'm giving you a warning. You may find some of the following images upsetting. Now, I would expect someone that has a medical degree or is in nursing or something like that, you know, you've seen stuff like this. 
But I will warn you when the next slide will have one of those pictures. I have to caution you. There are no dogs in this room to return to your vomit. Those are here last Sunday night know what I'm talking about. And I was in the back going, too much information. <laughs> Leprosy. It is not something you want. You may find the next image upsetting. Leprosy. Fortunately, this man found heaven's family. I knew nothing about it, but it's an organization somewhere in Europe loving the rejected. The Smith Papyrus. Here it is again. For protection against epidemics, here's what you do. Ready? Chanting against the disease demons. While a person holds two vulture feathers over him. O flame in his face, O neck bet, lifting the earth to the sky for her father. Come thou, bind the two feathers around me that I may live. Well, that's going to work, isn't it? How did Europe try to bring leprosy epidemic under control? Blood was considered to be a treatment, either as a beverage or as a bath. Well, that's going to help. What did Moses record that God had instructed 3,500 years ago? As long as he has leprosy, he must live alone outside the camp. Quarantine. Quarantine, that's the idea, to prevent the spread. This is called Hansen's disease. There are over 200,000 cases of leprosy diagnosed worldwide in the year 2018. By the way, with this conjunction of the planets, we expect an outbreak of leprosy. No, we don't. You're at risk for leprosy if you come into contact with a carrier. It's a slow-growing bacteria which takes years to develop. In the U.S., Hansen's disease is quite rare. Okay, before we go to chapter 3, we have an update. Strain object observed over Wabash River. Okay, all right. So this alert from our news bureau. So you might wonder, all these people are attending to somebody up there on the ground, right? And ignoring this thing in the sky. A lot of times what you see depends upon your perspective. Now we get a good perspective of what's going on, right? My perspective is God created. The evolutionist perspective is things that evolved over millions of years. And life just started by itself from inanimate material. Chapter 3 deals with a labor of love. The chapter describes the story of Dr. Ignaz Semmelweis. He was an obstetrician in Vienna, Austria, in the mid-1800s. Now, do you see why it's called a labor of love? Here's a picture of him. 
Vienna was the center of the world's leading medical was the medical center of the world. After delivery, women were dying in high numbers throughout the maternity ward. As close as I could come to it, right there. No one could figure out why the death rate was so high. We look back and we go, it's obvious. But they didn't know that. They had no idea. Students were performing autopsies one after the other with bare hands. Would that happen today? They were not taking breaks to wash hands. After the autopsies, the students merely rinse their bloody hands in water, wipe them dry, and walk off for their morning rounds. What were they doing? Without knowing it, what was Semmelweis trying to eliminate from the hands of doctors? Here's your first question. And did you use the gift certificate? Did you try to use that? No? Okay. Smell, warts, bacteria, cholera, filthy lucre. What do you think? Pick one. It's not filthy lucre. I believe that's a King James word for, I don't recall where it's at. Cholera, warts, smell. They're trying to eliminate bacteria, things that we do not see with the unaided eye. So there's some of that bacteria. Sorry. Okay, sorry. Semmelweis ordered interns to wash in heavily chlorinated water after autopsies. You know what chlorine does to bacteria? (laughs) Absolutely. The death rate dropped nearly to zero. 3,000 years earlier, the Lord had said to Moses, He that touches the dead body of any man shall be unclean seven days. So a person died of something, you touch them, you've got it, you spread it. Semmelweis was right, hand washing after touching dead bodies saved lives. The Bible is even better, never touching dead bodies would save more lives. You would think this guy would have been exalted as a great man, wouldn't you? You would be wrong. Semmelweis was ridiculed for his hand-washing methods. I don't have time to wash my hands. I have 14 patients to see. I have 14 patients to infect. He was shunned, ostracized, and publicly humiliated for years. He had to leave Vienna. The establishment, with their pride and prejudice, refused to accept his methods. He was hounded out of medicine and died insane, unknown, and unappreciated. Hand washing. This is from the CDC. The hands should be vigorously lathered and rubbed together for 15 seconds under a moderately a moderate sized stream of water. Numbers 19. Running water to rinse off the germs. Numbers. Water was showered from a hyssop branch. Time to assure a thorough job. The washings were repeated over a period of seven days. Between washing, germs were killed by the sun and by drying. Antiseptic soap to kill germs. The Bible, hyssop contains the antiseptic thymol 
the active ingredient in Listerine. I'm a chemist. I like the chemical formula. There's thymol. Vigorous scrubbing to dislodge germs from crevices. The soap containing cedar oil, a skin irritant to encourage scrubbing. The soap also contained wool fibers, making it the ancient equivalent of lava soap. You've used lava, and you wonder why you just didn't go get some sandpaper. Once the soap was on you, you had to scrub it, scrub it to get off. Dr. Rosewell Park related his experiences. When I began my work in 1876, about 150 years ago, 29 years after Semmelweis as a hospital intern in one of the largest hospitals in this country, during my first winter, with one or two exceptions, every patient operated upon died of blood poisoning. Hand washing is important. After I read that chapter, I started washing my hands more carefully. And I don't use chlorinated water, but... So before I go to chapter four, another news alert, and he turned the sound off. We're going to get a, an update from the life team. <clears throat> so from Dr. Mark, Marty Cotterperson, he was doing the work on the cell wall, and we still have a number of parts of the cell to identify and divvy out. He reports that funding for the wall is being obstructed by the House of Representatives. Dr. Brian Purcell, in charge of the ribosome, indicates it's been difficult to get parts for his research. He knows that it's been impossible to get chips and the production of proteins has been halted. My son-in-law tells me there are hundreds and hundreds of cars at SIA. Most of them are missing one or two parts to get them off to the dealers. You go by there and you just go, wow. Dr. Carl Slade, charge of transport, transporting materials within the cell. Dr. Slade reports there's been an amassing of transport molecules north of the border surrounding a Saladian city. They may be protesting the NCO. What's the NCO? The New Cell Order. Chapter 4, to sewer or not to sewer. In 1847, while Semmelweis was making his great discovery, a savage army threatened England. Starting in Afghanistan, it had already sailed down the rivers of Europe and had killed thousands in every city. What was this army? Are you ready? The French army, the Hungarian army, the Pakistani army, the cholera army, or the Black Plague. Make your vote. Lock in your answers. You got it? Okay. Let me give you some hints. Here's the Hungarian army. Here's the Pakistani army. Here they are in France with the cholera plague going, burying the dead. Here's the black plague. And then here's the French army. 
Yeah, we saved them twice, didn't we? American GIs. So what do you think the army was? It was not the Pakistani army. It was not the Black Plague. It wasn't the French army. It was the cholera army. Cholera. The invisible invasion. The army's troops were, tri- were, were trillions of cholera bacteria. They attracted, attacked a person explosively, causing extreme diarrhea, rapidly dehydrating to the edge of death. Blue, pulseless, and writhing from muscle cramps, over half of these would die. There's your cholera. It is not a simple organism. Lack of sanitary conditions in London. Use of sewage on crops. We don't do those things nowadays, do we? There are some countries that still do. Be careful when you travel abroad. Absolute squalor in many neighborhoods. Here Laurie is doing the laundry with the grandkids in the room with her. Here's behind our house. A typical London city. What's going right down the middle of the road? (laughs) The drainage. But sometimes there was sewage. Using the Thames River as its sewer and water supply. And then obstructed by politics. Edwin Chadwick was opposed by Parliament. Here he is. Now, they had all kinds of explanations for this cholera outbreak. And they were all the way from A to Z. I only have A to H here. These were the solutions that they were taking to try to stem the flood of cholera in England. He was on the the English Board of Health. The solution came by removing the shared cesspools. Shared cesspools. I know what you're thinking of right now. You're thinking of Congress. He told them You need to install sewer pipes in each home. Installing sewer systems in each town. The ancient answer, without even without Chadwick, Europe could have prevented millions of deaths. Deuteronomy twenty three, twelve through thirteen. Thou shalt have a place also without the camp, outside the camp whether thou shalt go forth abroad and thou shalt have a paddle upon thy weapon and it shall be when thou wilt ease thyself abroad thou, thou shalt dig therewith and shalt turn back and cover that which cometh from thee. Interesting. Backpacking basics. Do any of you backpack? Some of you camp. We don't. Go at least 100 yards from water, trails and camps somewhere off the beaten path and dig a hole at least four inches deep. To dig, use your heel, a stick, a rock, or a plastic trowel, which I carry for this purpose. Finally, cover the results. Sounds remarkably like the Old Testament command that God gave, doesn't it? And said, if thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of thy Lord, 
I will put none of these diseases upon thee. Typhoid, cholera, dysentery, none of these diseases. Some of these things are amazing, and I'm not going into the detail that the book goes into. Parents, read the book and decide which chapters you don't want your children to read. I don't have some of that stuff up here. You think the sanitation conditions were bad? A funeral could cost 20 weeks' wages. The corpse would remain in the home. Home for most families was one room. I'm not going to describe the conditions. Chadwick proposed the following. Prohibit all burials within city limits. Uh, I'm not sure what that's supposed to be. Outside of the London converted to cemeteries. Yes, fields. Fields outside of London. Remove bodies to mortuaries. Soared for three days and floated up the Thames to the cemeteries. Chadwick's ideas were neither successful or failures. It was never implemented. <laughs> they never did it. The poor continued to pass diseases from the dead to the living for decades. Today, every modern city has enacted virtually every idea of Chadwick. The ancient ant- answer, even murders strung up for all those to see were not to be left hanging for days. Deuteronomy 21:23, His body shall not remain all night upon the tree, but thou shalt in any wise bury him that day. God gave these instructions 3,500 years ago. Took us a while to understand and learn them, right? That thy land may not be defiled, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance. God was protecting the children of Israel for the Messiah to come at a later time. Lazarus was buried immediately. Remember that story? Jesus was buried immediately. As a nation, the Jews buried the deceased immediately. Again, none of these diseases. I'm trying to encourage you that the Bible is God's word. Have confidence in the scripture. Before we go to chapter 6, we have another alert. So next week I will not be here. You'll be seen. Now, we have, from my lovely assistant, we have a God sightings, a couple of them. Yeah, so this is a commercial break. Um, God, road trip God sightings. We encourage the children to look for uh, things of God's creation since Dan Clark is doing a creation series and uh, see what they uh, see along the road. And though we live in a fallen world, we decided to go ahead and post this as well. Um, this is one of them. I saw a baby mockingbird when I went out to feed my horses. So baby mockingbird, quite fascinating. I saw a dead skunk on the road. <laughs> so being a fallen world, I just take them verbatim, and we share those. <laughs> but it's wonderful that the 
kids are very aware around them as they travel on the road. Chapter 6, Beelzebub in the Bottle. Every year, almost as many Americans die in cars as died in the entire 12-year Vietnam War. Two-thirds of these deaths involve alcohol. Let's see how knowledgeable you are. Each year, about how many Americans die in car accidents when alcohol is involved. And these are yearly averages over the last 20 years. 5,000? 10,000? 20,000? 30,000? 40,000? We're almost getting up there to the number of fentanyl deaths per year in America. So make your choice. It's not 40,000. It's not 30. It's not five. About 10,000. Do the math. If there are 50 states, Indiana, 10,000, 50, about, what, 200? In 2020, 11, over 11,000 people died in alcohol-impaired driving accidents, a 14% increase from 2019. I realize I'm preaching to the choir. Oh, wait, there's no choir. John MacArthur, I know. You have Christian friends, Christian relatives. Alcohol is part of their lives. This is an excellent video, Interrogating Alcohol. John MacArthur, I encourage you to watch it. Ask 10 questions of alcohol. There's some of the statistics over two, from 1985 to 2019. In 2019 alone, 47,500 Americans lost their lives in suicide due to suicide. While there is rarely one reason behind a suicide, a person's death by suicide, it has been found that nearly one third of suicide deaths have been linked to alcohol consumption. And I had a cousin who took his life. Alcohol and crime, 53% of murders, 57% of rapes, 47% of robberies, 60% of assaults. He makes this comment, how strange. Free citizens will gleefully take a drug that turns them into violent criminals. The devil himself could not devise a more diabolical diabolical scheme. Alcohol poisons every organ of the body, poisons the nerves, the liver, the heart. One in five alcoholics develop partial paralysis or permanent pain. The liver becomes rock hard and blood can barely squeeze through it. By the way, the liver is the filter of the body. Somebody says, oh, you like liver and onions? I go, you know, if the cow didn't need those poisons, I probably don't. Oh, well, there's iron. Okay, I'll take iron supplements. Over time, the heart may turn into a floppy sack and barely pump. Poisons the brain. The baby in the womb with its related vitamin deficiency may cause memory loss. 
Alcohol passes freely from mother to baby. At birth, the baby may suffer alcohol withdrawal. Here's some of the other chapters. Chapter 4, Coronary and Cancer by the Carton. Again, I'm preaching to the choir, I would guess. They have the devil to pay. Upset mind, sick body. It's not what you eat, it's what eats you. Eggs, just eggs. Love or perish. You're as old as your arteries. David and the giant, worry. None of these diseases, the 1998 version, has 25 chapters in all. It is a great source section at the end of the book if you need to reference things. So last night I'm putting the finishing touches. Couldn't get the video to work. Finally got it to work. I've, that's been a nightmare for me. And, I'm, and I, I wrote down on a sheet of paper, the ending. What am I going to do to end? If you watch things on TV, sometimes the ending is like, huh? If you watch the Andy Griffith show, they usually have a, a, a one-minute segment at the end that kind of wraps it up, usually funny. How do you wrap this up? Can you show a video? Well, I went into the bedroom after I had written down the ending. What are you going to do? And Lori, my lovely assistant, says, so Dan, what is faith? How would you answer that? I mean, just... uh, And I said, uh, Hebrews 11 and Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. And then she started reading the chapter to me, and I thought, that is a beautiful conclusion. You read Hebrews 11, and you answer the question, why do Christians love Israel? I know there were scoundrels in there. There were people that disobeyed God. More people disobeyed God than obeyed him. But if you read that chapter... Hebrews 11, I think you would be very much encouraged. And I'm not going to read the whole chapter to you, just part of it. And I just lost it. (laughs) I am not connected. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. By faith, Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, and so on and so forth and so on and so forth. What a tremendous nation God protected through having none of these diseases. I encourage you to get the book. And that is all, Pastor.